Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Science of Social Impact. Guys, today I'm chatting with Mike Rainey from The Scribes. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Give us a little bit of an intro on who is Mike. Nick, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Super happy and super excited to be here. Um, my name is Mike Rainey. I'm the co-founder of The Scribes. I uh, founded the business uh, about six months ago or so, so we're relatively new to this, still still learning every day. Um, I founded the company with two close friends and former colleagues, Pooja Patel and Alden Borman. Um, the Scribes is a mission-driven journal brand. Uh, right now, we're just selling journals. We hope to be um, a full suite of productivity tools coming soon, but uh, a mission-driven journal brand that, you know, our, our goals are pretty simple. It's sell high-quality journals and support worthy causes, and the causes that we support um, are primarily centered around early education, uh, especially in uh, more underserved communities. Awesome, man. It's a noble mission, and I cannot wait to dive in deeper, learn more about the mission, the why, and how you guys are building, uh, building the scribes from the ground floor. But first, let's start with something really important. So, Mike, tell us what do you believe? What's a core principle that you know to be so true after your life's work so far? Yeah, so uh, one thing that I definitely know to be true is that, uh, you know, in my life so far, everything has, all of my experiences have been, have been learning opportunities. So I guess to reiter reiterate, you know, everything in life is a learning opportunity. Um, you know, it's funny, my, my old boss, uh, Jim, uh, and my former, the former company I used to work for, uh, used to always, you know, kind of harp on us, you know, we're completing a ton of things on the marketing and business development team there. Uh, and we're completing a th ton of things and doing a lot of great work. And he always used to come back to, you know, what did we learn from this? And like, what are your learnings? Uh, you know, if we're having a, a conversation with somebody, it's like, what did we learn from that conversation? And, uh, you know, we were reluctant at first. It was, you know, we're, as, as young folks, you know, ready to conquer the world, we said, you know, let's focus on the doing and let's get more done. And now I'm, I'm really coming to appreciate it more. Like, you know, everything we do um, is just an opportunity to learn. And, you know, if you can learn from the thing that you're doing now, um, you know, you're probably going to do that next thing even better. So yeah, everything in life is a learning opportunity. Awesome words, man. Everything is a learning opportunity. And I definitely subscribe to that fact just to talk about learning at a high level. And then we'll learn about your learning opportunities, taking us back to the beginning, like at a high level, how do we know if we're learning? How do we know if the time is right to be learning something like what would you say just to speak on learning in general? How, what's like our tip or trick? How do we know that we're going to learn something or are learning something through a situation? Yeah, I mean, I think it really, it, it comes hand in hand with just challenging yourself and, you know, taking leaps, taking big swings. Um, I feel like you're, you're learning the most when you're kind of making yourself a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, you know, from my personal experience, uh, everything I've done uh, to date is, you know, I look back and it was, you know, that decision was difficult to make at that point in time. But, but man, I learned a lot by doing it, um, whether that's, you know, in your personal life or on a sports team or in a job or asking for a new job or, you know, starting your own business. Um, I feel like I, at least I learned the most when I'm taking challenges and uh, challenge myself to, to get better. Awesome, man. Well, take us back to, to the, to the origin. So like, where does this whole life journey start for you? 
So the life journey, uh, originally from Huntsville, Alabama. Um, I'm actually in Huntsville right now. Is that now. a roll it's, tide? Uh, is that a roll tide? It's a roll tide. It is Absolutely. right on. <laughs> roll tide, yeah. War Eagle doesn't, it, it doesn't <laughs> even feel right coming off the tongue. It's, it's like a sin in my family to say that, those two words. Uh, so yeah, both my parents actually went to Alabama, um, you know, born and raised in Huntsville. Uh, I'm here in Huntsville now with, uh, with all that's going on in the world uh, with the coronavirus. Uh, I'm here in Huntsville with my family. Um, live in New York full time. Um, and obviously New York is, is a scary place to be right now. Um, with, with everybody get, you know, getting sick and, uh, definitely thoughts go out to everybody there, but, um, you know, from Huntsville, uh, you know, grew up here, went to school in North Carolina. I was uh, a member of the basketball team at Guilford college, um, four year player there was never very good to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I was I was one of those guys who was a glue guy and a and a three year captain and um, I feel like I gave a lot to the team but I was never very good um, but man talk about learnings I learned a ton uh, playing college sports uh, one of the best decisions I ever made you know a lot of high schoolers who are kind of in this you know you're pretty good at a sport you might be the best kid on your high school team and then you have this decision to make you know do I want to go to a a small division three school like I did and play sports for a few more years, or do I want to go to a big school and, you know, kind of have that more typical college experience that a lot of, a lot of kids have. Um, I would recommend the former. I'd recommend, you know, going to a small school where you can really make a difference, um, join a team, you know, the, the brotherhood and the camaraderie of being on a team was uh, super special to me. And um, so I played four years of, of college basketball, uh, graduated from, from Guilford, uh, in 2017. So Where is Guilford? Fresh out. It's in Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. Greensboro, North Carolina. So, um, graduated. Um, it's funny the, the summer before my senior year, um, I actually kind of networked my way into a job in New York city working for an asset manager up there. Um, what year is this in? This was 20, 2015 or 2016. Copy. Um, and I got super lucky. I mean, I, uh, you know, it's another something I've learned is, you know, the, the more that you can meet with people and, um, you know, just, just be friendly and be candid and, um, you know, ask people, ask people for help because people want to generally help others. Um, so I asked this guy, uh, his name is Fred Taylor. I said, you know, I'm this kid from Alabama and I go to school in North Carolina, but I want to come intern uh, at your asset management firm in New York City this summer. Like, will you have me? Uh, and he said, yes, uh, I go up to, to New York City for a summer in college and it was totally eye opening. You know, I'd only been to New York City a few times and wow. um, New York City kind of shocks you. Um, but fell in love with the city uh, once I graduated from school. I actually thought I was going to go work at that firm again. Um, things kind of fell through, but I said, you know what, I, I want to be back in New York. So I'm going to do that. Uh, I go up to New York. I work at a company called Payability, um, which was a, which is a fintech uh, company kind of in the e-commerce space. Um, I worked there for about two and a half years and just had an amazing opportunity there. Um, up until, um, you know, just like a few weeks ago was, was when I, when I finished up at payability, but, um, you know, at payability met some friends, um, my, who are my co-founders now, Pooja and Alden. And, um, you know, we really just had a special bond and loved working together on projects there. 
Um, and so we said, you know, why don't we do this thing, uh, this, this entrepreneurial, why don't we scratch this entrepreneurial itch that we have? And um, so we started the scribes and there's a, a deeper story there. I don't know how much you want me to get into that, but um, yeah. So I've, I've been in New York for a few years now, uh, started the scribes about six months ago. Um, and we're, we're just drinking from the, from the hose right now. Just trying to awesome. keep up. Well, we're going to go yeah. into that story. Uh, first, you touched on something that a lot of folks that we get to the pleasure of talking to mention, which is the power of networking. So when you relate that to everything's a learning opportunity, how do you feel like you learned that networking was something that was going to be huge? Or did you feel like in the moment you didn't actually know how big it was going to be and you learned after the fact how beneficial it was looking at it through, uh, through a lens retroactively? Yeah, I definitely learned after the fact. Um, I was a little reluctant to it at first. Um, so it, when I was in college, I um, wanted to be involved in more than just, you know, the, being on the basketball team and going to school. I wanted to kind of find something else to, to take up some of my time. And I wanted to, you know, just to learn about something new, really. And um, so I volunteered in Guilford College's fundraising uh, division, uh, that team there. And that's really the first time I was introduced to having, you know, besides my parents and my grandparents and, you know, family and friends, that was the first like real mentor I had. And this guy, uh, his name was Mike Poston. He was the, the head of the advancement team there. So he led all of the college's fundraising efforts. And, um, you know, then I, I didn't think a ton uh, into it at that point in time. But now I look back and I was like, man, this guy really took me under his wing and he kind of forced me to network. He said, you know, if you want to be successful, if you want to get a good job after college, if you want to do this and you want to do that, you need to come with me. You need to be on my side. You need to meet these folks um, and we need to get you out there. And so, you know, reluctant at first, but um, really learn the power of, um, you know, the power of networking, the power of just, um, you know, asking for asking for help when I need it and then helping others in return when they needed it. So um, that was kind of my first uh, experience, you know, kind of understanding the power of networking. But um, ultimately, you know, Mike Poston, that mentor that I had back in 2015, you know, still playing a playing a role in where I am today. Yeah, when it comes to networking, it's you know, you you'd be hard pressed to find people probably past the age of 25 that wouldn't look you in the eye and say, "Man, networking's huge." And you know, you talk to someone who's who's had a lengthy career and time after time they're going to tell you, "You know, I I got this opportunity because I met this person who met this person who yeah. inter introduced me to this person, but uh for some reason, there's like a gap in being able to really teach how powerful it is. And so often we learn about how powerful it is after we've done it. Uh, so I just can't help but wondering uh, what, how, if possible, can we close the gap so that we are cementing it in college and even high school age students, how important it is to network with others? I don't know if there's an answer to that. It's really just a thought. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we all have a role to play uh, in that, you know, I would just a few years ago, I was that college kid asking for help. Um, and now they're college kids, you know, reaching out to me, and I'm sure reaching out to you asking for help. And it's my duty to help them because somebody before helped me. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's how we really cement that into 
um, kind of our culture. And, um, you know, I never turn down, you know, a college kid or a high school kid who reaches out to me, you know, asking to get coffee, never turn that down because, you know, that was so huge a few years ago when I was doing that. If, uh, you know, I was thrilled to get a meeting, you know, thrilled to get coffee with somebody with a job, with some experience. Um, and so while I don't know anything still to this day, um, and I'm still very, you know, naive and still, still learning every day and trying to figure it out, I definitely don't have all the answers, but um, that is in my control saying yes to those opportunities. And so I, I do that as much as I can. Yeah. If, so if you're listening to this, I mean, take our advice with a grain of salt. We're just, you know, two dudes on a, on a zoom video call chatting about awesome things in life. So by no means do we think that our opinion is, is law or rule, but, uh, from our seat, uh, you know, I think that one of the biggest skills to networking is asking a ton of questions. Uh, people just really appreciate being asked questions about what they do, how they feel, uh, ask a ton of questions. And so if you're, if you're listening saying, yeah, but networking is really intimidating and there's big rooms, lots of people with name tags for sure. Those are some types of opportunities. Others you say yes to when your boss or mentor says, Hey, get in the car. We're going to this event. And all of a sudden you're there. Just ask a ton of questions because people love to share uh, about themselves and, uh, and they have, they get value in sharing about themselves and you get value in making connections and learning. So networking is powerful, but, uh, in addition to networking, uh, we've got uh, we've got the next step on your journey, which you said was uh, was the company where you met the other two co-founders, and so you guys had this entrepreneurial itch. So tell me about the early conversations when, like, who first decides or says, "Hey guys, we should start something." And did you know what that something was right away, or did you just know you wanted to start something and didn't know what? Yeah, so it's it's kind of a funny story, and uh, I guess if I do have any you know former like bosses listening to this at any given point, like apologies, but um, we uh, so Pooja Alden and I we work at this startup in New York City, and we all use Slack to com- communicate internally. Um, you know, it's the office kind of messaging tool, and um, we became really good friends. I mean, that's how all of this started. We just became really good friends. We're all around the same age. We all like to do kind of the same things on the weekends. And uh, so we became really good friends. And uh, at work, just so we could chat, we created this Slack channel. We called this Slack channel Describes. Um, the reason we called it Describes was because, you know, on uh, these kind of strategic projects that we're working on at Payability, uh, we often felt like the note takers in the room. Um, and that's not to discredit anybody at payability by any means, but, um, you know, here we are, these relatively junior folks, um, in these strategic meetings and, you know, it was Mike, are you taking notes? Pooja, are you taking notes? All then, you know, I don't, I don't think you're taking notes, take notes. Um, and so we just jokingly, we, we called ourselves the scribes. We felt like the note takers in the room. Um, and we had this Slack channel, the Slack channel was, you know, maybe productive at times, mostly unproductive, I'm sure. Um, but we uh, just became really good friends. And uh, we, <laughs> so it's funny that the leadership team at this company uh, would all go out to lunch on, on Wednesdays or have lunch brought in or something. And so they'd be out of the office for, you know, an hour or so. And that was our opportunity. That was our little scribes meeting where we would go out to lunch or, or we would bring uh, lunch in. And during these these lunches, we would just talk about, you know, what we wanted out of our lives and what we were really interested in. And, you know, we 
are always going to these networking events in New York and we're seeing all these, you know, startup founders like do really cool things. And um, so we all kind of had this entrepreneurial itch ourselves. Like I said, um, you know, I come from a family of small business. Uh, Pooja, she comes from a family of small business. Alden, you know, he comes from not necessarily a family of small business, but, um, you know, his father works in uh, kind of the venture capital world. So they see small business every day. Um, and so we all kind of had this itch and this desire to kind of dig into that a little bit. And um, so we said, you know, and, and this is all kind of, it happens over the course of a few months, but one, one problem that we were kind of wrestling with was like, how do we become, you know, more productive and more efficient in the workplace? Um, we live in this society where we're nonstop, you know, getting pinged on Slack and you check your email and your inbox is full. and then you know, your iPhone is, you know, get iMessage and Facebook and like all of these things. There's just constantly, there's like, you know, um, you know, alerts here and there. And so we said, you know, we think, we think, and this is, you know, like, it, like you just said, this is not truth uh, necessarily. This is just our opinion, but um, we think that, you know, the world could use a little bit more, you know, thoughtfulness, introspection, kind of this like reflective, like attitude. Uh, and we think that one way to do that really well and kind of really just like reflect on the day's work, uh, for example, uh, is by just grabbing a journal and writing things down. Um, this is something we all practice, um, you know, in our daily lives. I was just writing a few notes before this uh, podcast. And um, for me, it helps to write it down, pen and paper um, in a journal. And so we we're all kind of exploring this idea of like, how do we become more productive and efficient in the workplace? Let's start a journal brand. Um, and kind of as we're doing this and, you know, this is the social impact podcast here. And, um, you know, as we're doing this, I, I have to introduce my, my younger sister who, uh, is 22. She works in a juvenile detention center in Alexandria, Virginia. So she is in the facility um, with the residents, you know, wow. 60 hours a week. Um, and, um, she absolutely loves it. And I'm, she worked for know, a nonprofit so there? Uh, so it's actually, uh, it's a state run, okay. um, uh, juvenile detention center. Um, and so, you know, kids ages 12 to 18, you know, some there for, you know, tough crime, some there for, their own uh some there you know because they're part of this kind of cool uh, you know unfortunate um thing in our society where you know they're they might not have you know parents that are setting the right examples and they find themselves doing something that you know leads to them being um incarcerated at a young age and it's super unfortunate um but anyways annie my younger sister she was uh she was telling us one day that she the night before had gone to Hobby Lobby and she on her credit card had bought a bunch of composition notebooks and um, just different school supplies for these kids because you know with the state funding there were some issues and these kids didn't have the resources to complete their schoolwork in the facility and mind you these kids are 12 to 18 you know they should be in school um, and so that was really powerful for us you know we were at that point we said um, you know, we weren't even aware that like, you know, school supplies in a, in a juvenile detention center was a problem. Um, and so that kind of became our why. So we said, 
you know, that shouldn't happen. You know, these kids are 12 to 18 years old. That shouldn't happen. Um, why don't we make it, um, you know, our goal to sell enough journals. So we haven't started the company yet, but we said, let's start a journal company and let's sell enough journals that we can make a gift back to this one facility. You know, if we can just change 50 lives by giving them school supplies that they so desperately need, you know, we're winning um, and we're doing some good in the world. And so that was our goal. That's kind of how the scribe started. Uh, we were out to lunch one day. We were talking about, you know, being more productive and being more thoughtful. And then we were talking about the stories that Annie was telling us about the unfortunate narrative in a lot of these facilities. And that was that was the scribes in October of or September of, of 2019. It was how can we sell enough journals to donate enough journals back to this facility that every kid has their own. Wow, that's awesome, man. So cool where the name birthed from too, just this Slack channel between <laughs> friends at the office and yeah. and now here we are. So you decide that uh, the journal is going to be the first product and you've got your, your cause uh, decided on to help Annie's uh, juvenile detention center. And so mm -hmm. what, what's like the next step from there? Cause obviously this is the first journal company that you've ever started. So I would uh, venture to yeah. guess that you had no idea what to do to get started, but what is the next step when you guys leave that meeting and say, cool, we've got the idea and we've got the cause. Now what? Yeah. Um, I mean, there were a million things that we felt like we needed to do, but uh, ultimately it was, it was finding a supplier. It was finding somebody who could make journals for us. Um, you know, I had no experience whatsoever in, in supply chain or, you know, finding a manufacturer or anything like that. Um, it just took us staying late after work and, um, you know, doing a lot of research. We were, you know, on Alibaba, reaching out to, to su suppliers. Um, we were reaching out to U.S. suppliers um, here that we found just through, like, you know, business databases. And um, that was our first kind of thing on our checklist. Just like, let's find a supplier and let's get a few samples. Um, so we're actually really lucky. Um, if we think about, like, our roles at Payability and kind of, like, our skill sets, um, Alden is incredibly talented he is our designer he is our creative you know he is a product designer um he is a product designer at payability still um and you know he just has like a super supernatural gift of like turning an idea into something physical um and so we said alden like why don't you like make us a logo and like we have the scribes let's call ourselves the scribes make us a logo and like try to mock up a few journals and he did that. Um, and that was kind of our, what we would go to manufacturers with. We said, you know, here's our mock-up. Here's what we want it to look like. Um, can you do it? And, um, you know, I was more on the kind of the sales and business development side of things at, at Payability. And it was funny, I go to, used to go to a ton of conferences and, you know, a lot of conferences, you know, that's like a swag item that companies hand out. So I had a stack of journals, you know, 10 or 20 journals high um, on my desk. And so that was kind of like, all right, let's look through these and like, see what we like, see what we don't like. Alden's going to design it. And like, we'll just pitch a bunch of suppliers on like making this for us. Um, so that's what we did. Um, you know, reached out to a few dozen, a few dozen suppliers and ultimately um, found one that was, you know, kind of in our budget and the minimum order quantities were low and like we could, 
you know, do this. And they were willing to take our designs. And um, the first mock-up or the first uh, sample we got was terrible. It was atrocious. And like, we're kind of rethinking this whole idea, like after getting our first sample, but we just kept kind of iterating on that. And it took us a few months. It really did. It took us a few months to like finally get a product that we were happy with. Um, but when we did, you know, we finally made that order and immediately we're sitting in my apartment kind of packing around and like, you know, okay, this is what we're going to sell. This is what we're going to gift. And uh, that's kind of the start of all of this. Wow. So the part of filing a business, starting a bank account, was that, did that all come easy to you guys? You, you knew the ropes there? I mean, not really. We, we struggled with pretty much every aspect of this. It was all trial <laughs> by fire. It was like we created a bank account with one bank and then found that like they didn't have a QuickBooks integration because like we created a, actually we created a, a different, uh, a zero account for accounting originally. And like, I mean, we, we tried everything, like any tool, like we tried three before we came to the one that we're using today. Uh, bank account, you know, this is our second one. Uh, fortunately, my brother-in-law is a lawyer um, and so he was willing to help us with kind of the, the legal stuff. And so like he said, yeah, you should, you know, file an LLC and uh, I'll take care of that for you. And uh, Pooja, her sister is an accountant. And so, you know, she helped us with that stuff. And so like, honestly, we're just, we're so lucky. And like um, you combine kind of our forces and our networks and like we were able to scrap it together initially. I gave a TED talk called how to build a business to solve a problem all about how you start social impact businesses and uh, point number three, lesson number three in that talk is to dig for gold. I am fully convinced that whatever it is that someone wants to start or build, you have someone in your network, if you just dig for it, that can help you get steps closer to that. It most often comes in the form of professional services, just like you've demonstrated for us here. But, and I'm sure that there's more gold in your network to come for the scribes as you continue to dig, continue to network, continue to learn and continue to grow. All good things there. But to anyone listening, if you're yeah. uh, just hesitant, unsure, or don't think that you have the network, I, I promise you, you just got to dig. Whatever your next step is, that you need or your next couple steps, just dig around and you're gonna unearth some gold that can help you get to that next step. That is for sure. Um, so you found a supplier, which is not, not easy to do, but in a global world, um, uh, also not, not crazy, but you got to find the right one, right? Like you can't just go for the first one that you find. So you've mocked up this design. You're looking at these notebooks. What was it about the notebooks that you had found from conferences that you said, no, it's got to have A, B, C, and D, and it can't have E, F, G, and H. Yeah. I mean, this is probably more for Alden to speak to, but I think, uh, you know, we wanted to create something that was simple. Um, you know, a productivity tool shouldn't be difficult to use. Um, and, and like, we truly believe that there's a ton of notebooks and journals and things like that out there that, you know, make you literally plan out every single piece of your day and give you check boxes. And like, did you eat breakfast? And like, did you <laughs> take the dog on a walk? And it's like, you know, a little counterproductive in our, in our view. So we wanted to, you know, that was one kind of core principle was just like, let's just keep it simple. Um, let's create kind of like a minimalist design um that's you know easy to look at and you know easy to use and so um our first journal was actually you know crazy creative name here the original scribe um 
was was our first one and um we basically said you know let's keep the left page so you open the journal it's a lay flat design so it lays completely flat um, which is just really nice when you're writing but uh, you look at the left page and that's completely blank um, we we think that the left page is for kind of your creative and the right page uh, that's ruled for your action items and that's kind of how we think about it you know if you're in a meeting you might be doodling over on the left and um, kind of you know sketching something out or taking a little scratch scratch and then on the right side that's when you actually you know put your thoughts down and like you know make it a little bit more structured um, so that's kind of how we thought about design initially it's just like let's keep it simple uh, we want it to feel good on the outside so that was really important for us um, you know we got samples and you know just even like the grain on the leather um, can be uh, it can vary a lot and so we were pretty particular about um, you know let's just create something that feels good let's create something that's simple um, let's not overcomplicate this and ultimately um, we came up with the original scribe um, you know after uh, a few weeks we figured out that you know we should probably sell more than one thing so we put in another order with our supplier um, this journal was called the Crosby scribe and it's actually a bullet style journal so there's a whole world out there for Bujoers, as they call them. So these people that use bullet journals and get really I have creative. I have heard but, of that name, but I am a Bujoer and I did not even know I was a Bujoer. Oh, see, there you go. Like, I love it's bullet journals. What people, it's amazing what people can do in a bullet journal, you know, making grids, making calendars, making to-do lists. Um, and so uh, I think Pooja is, is our Bujoer of the group. Uh, she does it best because um, it is kind of a skill and an art, but um, the second journal that we created, we wanted to uh, create more a soft cover journal that bends a little bit more, a little bit smaller. It's not necessarily pocket size, but a little bit smaller. Uh, and then the bullet journal style. Uh, and we named that one the Crosby Scribe as kind of the whole idea for the scribes. Um, you know, we're, we're walking to lunch one day and we just happen to be on the corner of Spring and Crosby in, in Soho in New York. Um, and so we named this one the Crosby Scribe. Um, and so those are our, our two journals on the market currently. And, um, you know, we have, uh, we have kind of a production queue of other ideas. Um, and we've, we've done some customized journals for, you know, business buyers that, you know, look really great. And it's just like, once again, just without, you know, without Alden, <laughs> we wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing any of this just because it's, uh, you know just it's so nice to have somebody who can take a creative idea and like turn it into something real um every time we go and pitch like a business on you know buying their next round of corporate journals from us they see our mock-ups and they're sold immediately so hmm. uh yeah it's uh it's nice to have all them for sure so speaking of pitching you've got a business you've got inventory take us to like the first journal sale is that one person is that a company how'd you get that uh, so the first journal sale was a buddy of mine. Um, so it's, you know, I think most businesses, especially products, they start with friends and family. Um, who well, are they all start. Journals. Yep. And, uh, you know, so we created a Facebook page, we create an Instagram, we've got a few little, you know, we got, we post a few things here and there. And then uh, we finally say, okay, our website's open for business. Um, and yeah, the first, you know, the first hundred orders, let's call it, where um, we're friends and family and obviously like the support of, you know, my local hometown, Huntsville, 
uh, Puja's hometown in New Jersey, Alden's hometown in Maine. Um, that was just amazing. And I think that it, that initial like month of, you know, friends and family sales is so important because like, um, a, it's like a huge confidence booster. Like even if they're not buying it because of the product, like you see, you know, people on your website, you see them checking out and it just like, it just, it gives you so much confidence to, to do more. Um, and plus just practically it gives you the money to, you know, make that next purchase or, you know, start a Facebook ad campaign or do something like that. So, um, those first, you know, hundred sales were, um, you know, just friends and family. So fortunate for, for all of them who supported us. Um, and then, uh, you know, things started to get more serious, um, kind of over the holidays, um, introduce my older sister. Now it's funny how like family plays such a big role in all of this, but, uh, my older sister actually works for a big law firm in New York. Um, and she met a guy at this law firm. Um, I'll shout him out. His name is Ramiro, uh, amazing dude, um, who, uh, has been at the law firm for a while, but his real passion is, um, you know, he's Honduran. Uh, he's from Honduras, born and raised there, moved to New York. Uh, really kind of living out the American dream here. And, um, but his real passion is building schools and improving education in Honduras. Um, so at this uh, law firm, they created this foundation called FEI. It's called the Foundation for Education in Honduras. Um, so a lot of the law firm partners came together and created this foundation called FEI. Um, they took Ramiro's spirit and his energy and his grit. And they said, Ramiro, let's go build some schools in Honduras where poverty is just, you know, out of control and it's super, super sad. Um, and to date, um, Faye has built 13 schools in Honduras. They've supported, uh, man, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but several thousand students and probably close to a hundred thousand community members because they partner with these local communities to actually build these schools. So it's not like they send U S contractors in to just do it all. Um, they partner with the local communities and they build these schools and they impact so many lives. Um, and so back to my sister, Margaret, uh, she introduced me to Ramiro. Ramiro works at this law firm. Margaret introduced me to Ramiro and says, Ramiro, my brother, she, he, he just started a journal company with a few friends. Um, and you know, they're looking to, to make a difference in the world by giving back to kids who need school supplies. Um, is there a fit there? And we talked with Ramiro a few times. Um, Ramiro is just like this incredibly passionate guy. Uh, and so he says, let me get some partners from this law firm. I want to, you know, they want to meet you guys. Um, everybody's talking about the scribes. Um, and so we're sitting in a room with <clears throat> Ramiro and, you know, our, you know, Pujan Alden and, um, a few partners at this big law firm in New York. And um, they say, let's support Faye. Let's do it by supporting the scribes. You know, we're gonna order a bunch for the firm here. Uh, and in return, you know, you guys can can make a substantial gift back to, to Faye, this the foundation in Honduras. And, um, you know, we're gonna do something really special here. So um, that's where we've been focused for the last few weeks, um, a few months now, maybe. Um, is just seeing out that partnership. And we're super proud to announce that uh, so far we've committed 3,000 journals to wow. Faye. Amazing. Um, so every kid in the school system in Honduras is going to have their own journal. Um, 
I wish I could show you a picture here, but they're awesome designs. They're the same journals we sell, um, but with the Faye logo right on the, on the center. Um, so that's what we're super passionate about right now is, is supporting this community in Honduras that so badly needs it. Um, and we cannot wait to, to make this delivery uh, of journals down there. So. Dude, that's incredible. Congratulations on that. That is awesome. Yeah. That we is got lucky. We, we definitely got lucky. We, uh, just all about the people you meet and, um, you know, it's, uh, it was a networking game for sure. Yeah. Luck is this interesting intersection of like timing and like work. And so you networked and you have a sister and she networked and you were in the right spot at the right time. and. Uh, yeah, in comes totally Ramiro right. and, and there we are. We'll have to uh, see if we can catch a chat with Ramiro at some point about Faye to learn more about the stuff that they're doing. Cause that sounds like an awesome, yeah. awesome uh, foundation and would love to get them on the show as well. So we'll give you some homework there. See if we can get Ramiro to, uh, <laughs> to get us a chat about yeah. uh, talk about Faye. So is it, um, is it a straight buy one, give one, or is it a percentage of every journal then goes into a fund that's able to buy a mass amount of journals that go to the cause. Yeah. So we've thought a lot about that. And uh, honestly, we, we still don't have a, a great answer. Um, so the way we're thinking about it right now um, and you know, this could change, but uh, really project-based. Um, so to date, we've actually donated more journals than we've sold, um, which we're actually really proud of. Um, and uh, really it's project-based. So one of the, basically, you know, we partner with this law firm in New York. They want to help support Faye. Um, we will make that happen. And so, um, you know, going to different businesses and saying, what do you guys care about? Um, more and more businesses we know are, are being more open to, you know, supporting social causes. And, um, you know, there's a, many reasons for that. And we're, we're all fortunate that, you know, businesses are caring more and more about their social impact. Um, so we go to businesses and say, Hey, what do you guys care about? Like, um, you know, let us help you, let us help you support them in a way that, you know, is different, is unique. Um, let us, especially if it involves, you know, early education, like journals is, is such a great thing to give, uh, kids in need. And, um, you know, for example, we are doing some campaigns that are one-to-one, -one. for example, we're, we're actually running a campaign in Huntsville, um, my hometown over the next month or so um promo code huntsville if you decide to uh, buy a journal but, shout out um, promo code huntsville look it up but we're we basically are in talks with the boys and girls club here it's it's by no means certain um but in talks with the boys and girls club here um they have about 800 kids that are actively using the club um and so our goal for this Huntsville campaign is to sell 800 journals so we can gift, you know, journals back to this one boys and girls club. So it's really project based. You know, we are always searching for new um, causes to support and um, always looking to partner with, uh, with businesses to make that happen. Yeah. That's really, really cool part of this model, how agile you are and how definitive the impact is how customized the impact is how personal you guys are making the impact for mm -hmm. the companies that you work with so if for anyone listening if you're at a company who has that social impact uh core value definitely check out is it the scribes.co 
Scribes.co. That's right. Yeah. Scribes.co and reach out uh, to see if uh, if you guys can can team up to to help uh, a cause that is close to your company's heart, to your heart, and uh, also help support the Scribes. So looking back on your first six months, you want to talk about learning opportunities. What are we learning or what have we learned so far that we're going to take with us into the next six months? I mean, the list is, the list is too long, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, we've, you know, technically speaking, we've learned how to, you know, uh, order journals from a manufacturer. I mean, just as simple as that. We've, we've learned how to, you know, kind of navigate the accounting waters to figure out um, how to make this work for all of us. Um, we figured out, uh, you know, how to sell into retail stores, We've, which, um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult right now, especially with all that's going on in the world, but we figured out how to uh, sell into retail stores. We figured out how to sell wholesale. We've, um, you know, we've, we've learned how to, you know, run ads on Instagram and Facebook. And, um, and I think we've, um, I mean, we've, one thing that, you know, we've learned how good it feels to make a difference. Um, and, you know, that's, it's one thing that I was, you know, it definitely creating a social impact business. Um, you know, you're not doing it to necessarily make yourself feel good. You're doing it to make, you know, the lives of somebody else better. Um, and that was really like on display. Like I remember um, when we made our first gift back to that juvenile detention center um, in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, you know, my younger sister, Annie, she gives me a tour of the facility and I was just like shocked with like what it's like in there. Um, and for kids to be going through that, you know, we're all, you know, so lucky, um, in different ways, uh, to, you know, to not be in that situation, um, as a kid. And so, you know, going in there and seeing, you know, the conditions and then like, but then seeing how like thankful and grateful the kids were, you know, to be, uh, the recipient of this nice new journal. Um, you know, that was just such an amazing experience and, you know, we want to replicate that a million times. Um, so we definitely learned, you know, um, what it really means to make a difference. Uh, and we felt like we were doing really good work and we're on a, we're on our, you know, that's, we're on our way. We've got a long, long way to go, but, uh, we're on our way. Awesome, man. So what is, what is next for the scribes? Is it stay the course and continue with the two products? Or are we going to be rolling some new things out very soon? I mean, we definitely want to, uh, we've got kind of some ideas surrounding other productivity tools. Um, you know, cause ultimately that's, that was kind of our, um, kind of how we got started initially was becoming more productive and more efficient and more thoughtful in the workplace. And so we want to, uh, build and, and buy and sell tools that will help you do that. Um, so we have a long list of things that we're thinking about, whether it's bags or pens or, um, you know, journals or, uh, you know, there's, there's a million things that you use in your daily life that could probably be improved. Um, but we're also open to suggestions. So, uh, you know, email us, uh, if, if there's one thing that you're like, you know, using it efficiently at work, or you think that this product could be a lot better, email us. Um, and we'd love to discuss it more with you. But, um, as far as what's next for us, you know, we definitely want to launch new products. We have um, a long list of new journal designs that we're going to be launching soon. Um, definitely want to partner with more businesses um, and, and figure out, you know, what they care about because that's how we can really make a difference in scale. Um, 
you know, selling one-off journals on our website is, you know, fantastic. And uh, it literally warms our heart every time we have like a little notification um, that pings our Slack channel, the Scribe Slack channel, um, every time we get a sale. And literally every time we get a sale, we're all like jumping up, like looking around, like, you know, who does it, does anybody know this person? Like it, right. cause especially if we don't know the person, it just feels so much better. Right. Um, and, uh, but you know, we, we really want to partner with businesses because that's how we can make a difference at scale. Um, you know, when your business is buying 25 or 50 or 75 journals at a time, that's how we donate to an entire facility. Uh, and then I, I think the last point is we want to create a business that, isn't a one-time gift. Like we don't want to just give back to the Northern Virginia Juvenile Detention Center once. Um, we want to make that repetitive um, and we're still trying to figure out how to do that. But, um, you know, we don't think that we're doing our best work if we're, you know, giving a child a journal once and then never see them again. So we want to make this, you know, we want them to tell their stories. We want that to inspire us to make new products. Uh, and then we want to make products that ultimately allow them to be more creative, more productive, and more efficient. I love it, man. You know, I uh, like many people consume a lot of content, read lots of things, listen to lots of things. And what seems to me like three recurring habits of really successful people, when you look at people who have really made names for themselves in their industry, there are three things that I consistently see coming up. This is not uh, necessarily like an opinion of mine. This is me regurgitating data uh, frequency of things that I see popping up over and over. The first is they wake up really early. The second is they meditate daily. And the third is that they journal daily. And so journaling is so, so key. And if you don't believe it, you don't have to look farther than people who have made a name in their respective industries to know, well, shoot, I mean, it must be working for them. And if it works for them, then I got to at least try it. And so if that's you and you don't journal, uh, check out thescribes.co, get started on the journaling habit, and let's get a journal that actually makes a huge difference in the lives of someone who needs who needs that help. And so thescribes.co is where you can find out more about that and order your journal. And so we're going to wrap it up here with Mike. Mike, if you had 30 seconds to talk to the whole world and it was translated in every language and everyone was watching, what would be your 30 second message to the world? Um, I, I think it would just be, you know, continue to learn, um, you know, take big swings. You know, if, if they're not scary, they're probably not, you know, going to change anything. Um, and, you know, where we've learned the most at the scribes is where uh, those times where we're taking big swings, trying new things and doing things to make us uncomfortable. Um, so continue to do that. And then just think of others. Um, you know, everything that we do is, um, you know, brought to you by somebody else. And so let's just think of others continually um, and uh, support brands that uh, that make a difference. You know, if, if you have an option to buy Journal X or Journal Y and Journal X doesn't do anything for the world, but Journal Y does, um, we hope that we can create a society that's always going to choose Journal Y because uh, it makes the world a better place. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much for sharing today. And everyone who, who's listening to this, hope you took some value from it. And just remember that everything in life is a learning opportunity. Every single day we are learning, we're asking questions, we're observing, we're acting, and uh, we're always learning. And so whatever it is that you're trying to learn right now, uh, keep it up because it doesn't happen in a day. 
every single day there's learning opportunities and they all add up to these amazing, amazing moments and these amazing organizations, these amazing ideas like thescribes.co. Thank you so much, Mike. And please send a big thanks to the rest of your team for the work that you guys are doing at the Scribes. And thank you to everyone who is out there listening. Uh, you can check out again, Mike and his team at the Scribes at thescribes.co. That's thescribes.co. Um, Mike, we wish you all the best in the journey. And uh, this quarter in the creative good, you will be finding the Scribes Journal inside that creative good this quarter. We're pumped to partner with you this quarter and uh, we're just yeah. pumped to be uh, side by side uh, making the world a better place. So thanks for what you do and thanks for being on. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks.